top, 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 top of the morning to you. This is your girl, Fabulous Frida, always your host, here to bring you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. Listen, this morning, I really have a profound message. Listen to me and hear. This may be one of the most important messages that I've ever released because it comes with a very, very profound revelation. Hello. I want to speak to you about your calling. Your calling, that place where you trying to always figure out what did you do that horrible? That place where you're always trying to figure out why is it no matter what good you do, people will always pick you apart for the one or two things that you didn't do that they didn't see as good. I want you to help you figure out why is it that you feel like you're the oddball? Why is it that you always feel indifferent? And why is it that your truth offends people more than anything? Well, let me give you my revelatory interpretation. You have a calling. That's right. You have a calling. And this is the thing about a calling. The scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. I want to speak to you about the powers from the calling and give you five reasons to know for sure that you are a called individual. I want to talk to you about this calling because it's not always embraced. And if we don't understand our calling, we'll take it personal. Hello. The calling, anybody with the calling is not going to always be embraced. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how kind and nice and loving and caring and giving you are. When you have a calling on your life, you will not always be embraced nor will you always be understood. One of the things I want to bring to your mind, if you're not familiar with this series on Netflix, is called Manifest. Oh, let me tell you, if you're not a Manifest fan, hello, I suggest if you have the ability, even if you have to pay Netflix for one month just to watch Manifest, it will open your eyes and give you some clarity into the calling. For many, 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 many years, listen, I'm talking about for many years, I could not figure it out. I tried and I tried and I tried. All I could do is understand that there was a force bigger than my brain. There was a force bigger than my even my little peon beliefs at times. My faith didn't take me to this supernatural level where I really was able to embrace the calling. And this is the thing why I'm on this podcast today saying to you, this may be one of the most profound messages that the Holy Spirit have given me thus far to release. Because nobody explained the calling to me. 
You know, you was taught to go to church. You was taught to believe in God. You was taught how to read your Bible. You was taught how to pray. But there were still things about your life. Oh, God help me today. That you still couldn't understand. You still became perplexed. You couldn't understand why every job you went to, the, the people who hired you would promote you, but the people under you would hate you. Oh, God help me today. You couldn't understand why even when you didn't have money, you had this tremendous amount of favor where God would bless you in the place of finances, where God would give you favor with even man, people that you knew and didn't like you. And then on the flip side, you have spent and spent and spent your wheels to try to figure it out. And you're steady asking yourself year after year after year for how many years? What is it, God? I want to let you all know I cried a many years and a many tears. I'm talking about from a little bitty girl. And I couldn't understand that. Because so many times we are just taught in society to just roll with the flow. Or to go with the flow. You know, I came from a dispensation of time where you just sweep it under the rugs. You don't talk about it. Especially when it occurred in the family. And that became a stigma to many, 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 many people. And they would say, don't talk about the family business. Listen, I was in that number. But at the same time, this is where my perplexity came. When it came to my personal life, that's all my family used to do. And some of them still do. Hello. And I'm not talking about inside the family. I'm talking about they tell their cousins, their friends, they everybody. Recently, sometime before I can get something out my mouth on the telephone, somebody calling me who's non-related to share with me what I just shared with a relative. I'm just saying hello. But yet and still, you ever notice this about people? Listen, you got to grab this. They can, they can, they can ostracize your name. They can get on their phones and they can talk about you from from day to dawn. But if you got one comment to say about their truth, or they'll fall out with you. Let me tell y'all something. When I say for many years, I know there's some listeners out there who's been trying to figure it out. What is it from your childhood that you can understand? One minute you embraced and the next minute you throw it under the bus. And it's like, but I'm the same human being. I thought they said they loved me. I thought they really cared. But then this is the thing I wrestled with. I was teased in school because my grandmother, she didn't know how to comb our hair. And I didn't have but a little bit and still don't have but a little bit. And you know, and, and, and every time there would be activities at school, Well, people, mothers and dads used to come. Mine was never there. Don't nobody know like I know how long I went through things. But God, but God, listen to me. That's why I promote what did God say. I didn't sit in the seat of the scornful. 
I didn't hate everybody on my pathway because they didn't do what I wanted them to do when I wanted them to do it. Because if that's the case, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know nobody but probably strangers. But even as a child, I was forced to have to subject myself to know how to keep my feelings out the way. You don't hear me now. Before I share with you these five things about your calling, let me tell you this why I know. If you understand the calling, you will understand that greater is God in you than the people that's in the world. My grandmother sent me to a predominantly Caucasian school in the second grade. When I say predominantly, I mean 93% (laughs) predominantly Caucasian. And I remember, I couldn't understand, beginning of school, they wanted to take pictures. Now, prior to that, I hadn't been to school but one year in the first grade. I didn't go to kindergarten. Big mama kept us. But the first grade, I went to an all-black school. An all-black school. You got to grab this. And they took pictures down in the middle of the year. Now I get to this predominantly Caucasian school, and almost the first, second day we get there, they taking school pictures. And I'm sitting there with three plaques in my hair, one in the top and two in the back. Now, mind you, I don't have a lot of long hair. I'm not ashamed. See, I'm not ashamed of my truths. So, into who? I'm sitting there and I'm watching because at that particular time, I was the only black child. You don't hear me. Not girl. But the only black child in my class. And I noticed all the other girls, they had their hair and a ponytail in the top and hanging down in the back with a ribbon on it. Now, I did have a ribbon on the top plate. I didn't have no comb. I'm in the second grade. Y'all don't hear me now. And I don't know what to do, but I just figured I'd be the last person to take a picture. So I asked the teacher, could I go to the bathroom? Hello. <laughs> And I didn't have a comb. I'm in the second grade. So I remember taking my pencil. You don't hear me now. And I went to the bathroom and I unplaced my two plaques in the back. And then I took the one in the front and I made a ponytail. I fixed the same style I saw the white girls wear. And I put my ribbon back on there, not realizing, you know, it had a little crinkly in it. And I remember my grandmother actually bought those pictures. You know, they circulating somewhere. <laughs> but I had on a pretty blue dress with a pretty white collar because my grandma did always dress us nice. But the thing is, I learned at the second grade how to improvise. I didn't sit there and feel that I had to not try to make some changes for myself. You don't hear me now. In the second grade, you not but seven years old. Hello. So I, I and so from early on, from three up until now I'm seven, there were still things that always perplexed me. I'm talking to you like this because I understand when you have been dealing with what you've been dealing with for so long and you got keen memory of all these things that have occurred in your life. 
what you've had to push back and bounce back from. And then it's okay for people to go on with their lives, doing what they doing. Did nobody come and ask me? Did nobody tell me? So anyway, at the end of the, the day when uh, I met up with my auntie slash sister, she looked at my hair because see, she had this long, gorgeous hair. And she could just wear a ponytail, you know, and hey, she was good. She fit right in because it was a lot of Caucasian girls back then. That's what they was wearing. You know, she was like in the fourth grade because she's three years older than me at fifth grade. And she had like a ponytail and a, and a ribbon. So she fit in. But see, this is the thing about Alfreda. That's why I'm finna give you these five profound things. When you have a calling on your life, you always feel like you don't fit in. My hair wasn't long enough. My nose was too wide. I talked too much. You know, and I still had them saying three days. <laughs> but I learned how to own my own truth. See, this is when you know you got a calling, when people don't make you feel bad because you are indifferent. You're not the same. Now, I'm not going to sit here in my humanness and say that those things as a female didn't, didn't affect my esteem when people was big on the ego. You know, the ego becomes that beast that tells you why people need to do what they should do for you. Hello. That's the ego. And the ego is always looking to name and blame and claim. The ego will always make you feel somebody owe you. And if they don't give you what you want, then they feel you, you, you mistreat them because you're obligated. That's what the ego does. It always try to make you have a control over somebody else's choices and decisions. But back to the second grade real quick. I went in that bathroom and I don't know when I came out, I felt like when they said, Alfreda, it's time for you. I, I actually was the last one. And I asked the photographer because when they got to me, I said, can I be last? See, I don't mind being last. I don't mind taking a back seat. I don't mind improvising. I don't mind doing without. And because when you got a calling on your life, there's going to always be a force surrounding you that will guide you beyond what your natural eyes can see and what your natural ears can hear. Listen, the calling is not always embraced. And people didn't understand. But when I went to the first grade all-black school, I was picked on, picked out, and teased. Because people used to say things about your family. And see, my grandmother was a stout person. And whenever somebody's mama came to the school, they was looking for your mama to be cute or fine or, 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 or attractive or something to stand out. Kids sometimes could be the cruelest people. So my mother never came to the school, but neither did my grandmother or my granddaddy. So whenever something occurred where somebody needed to, to stand up and stand in, I learned to endure but, but but because all the other kids, you know, who parents was local. See, this is why sometimes it perplexes me when people feel like you shouldn't tell your truth. But it's okay 
if you had to be the one to suck up your pain, even as a child, but they feel like they can't suck up no pain and they grown. Hello, I'm just saying. But I went many years and had to suck it up and suck it in. And that didn't make me hate people. That didn't make me disrespect people. That didn't make me not never have nothing else to do with people. And when I say, listen, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm not going to get into my life history because this was a way of life for me. But what I learned to do, because it was a bigger force in me, is to still smile and be happy. To still show love. To still be joyful in spite of. And because of my analytical way of thinking, let me tell y'all something. There were so many things I saw. And I couldn't even understand why I saw them. I saw how there was so much racial injustice. But yet, when it came to me and my classmates, we were always cool. And then I began to realize everybody got feelings. We just don't understand one another. But this is what happened. Even as a kid, God surrounded me with people that had a calling. A lot of my classmates, they went on to become lawyers, ministers. They had something unique and different about them. I'm telling you, when we had our little slogan, the class of seven to eight is great. Let me tell you, there were a lot of great minds that came out of the class of 78. And that's because I believe we was born in a dispensation of the calling. Now, let me get back to manifest. These people was on this plane. I'm not going to be the spoiler alert in case for those who have not watched it. But this plane, God gave me a, a, a revelatory interpretation. It was like an incubation. This plane that housed all these people, it was like a, to me, I'm telling you what God gave me these revelations just past Saturday. Because I kept processing and praying to God. What is it, God? Why do people get in their feelings so fast? And they feel like all they could say, oh, I love you. I love you. And then they get in their feelings and all that just fall out the, the heart or fall out the window. They can't push past their feelings. So, you know, I'm processing this thing because I was in a near-death possibly experience. And I got to speak my truth because of the calling. And that's why I can talk to you. When God told me, he said, go back and watch Manifest. And that's when he showed me that the airplane was like a big wound. A wound like an incubation. All those people were babies in a wound. And see, when we're in the wound of our parents... We are there, but we have been predestined to be planted there. We got there because God had a calling on our lives. Everybody have a calling. This is the thing. Everybody don't tap into their calling. Everybody don't want to identify with their calling. And I tell you why. Because they don't know how to push past their feelings. The pride, the pride of life. It's what hinders people calling from manifesting. Now, I, I, I'm telling you, in the second grade, I could have sat there and cried if I chose to. Because my feelings felt some type of way. Like, my grandma sent me to this school. I don't have no long, pretty hair. And it's picture day. 
Now, she made sure I dressed for picture day, but wasn't nobody there. And I couldn't hate my grandma because she couldn't comb no hair. I had to learn real young how to suck my feelings up and do what I can do for me. And that's why one of the things, even with all my daughters as well as my sons, I always made sure that they help was on point. Because I understood at a young age, kids can be cruel. And see, they used to pick at me in the all-black school about my bald head. That's what they called the children back then. Bald head, crooked legs. That was me. Big nose. But when my grandma sent me to the 93% white school, nobody teased me. Nobody teased me about my hair. Nobody teased me about my bow crooked legs, my wide nose. Everybody was nice and friendly. And I didn't know back then it's because they were scared of black people or what it was. But I'm just saying, they were still nice and friendly. So I learned even at seven years old that people will segregate you, your own people. Listen, your own people. First grade was my own people that mistreated me. You don't hear me now. I got to get you to understand your calling. You're going to be mistreated. You are not going to always be embraced. And it will perplex your mind and your spirit for years and years and give you many tears and tears and tears. And like I say, I have great vivid memory of a lot of things that occurred in my life that I'm really just beginning to release. But all those years, I made it through and I made it over because of the calling. And that's why I tell people, and I'm sincere when I say this, I'm not envy, I'm not jealous, I I, I, I don't fall out with people because of my feelings. The Holy Spirit will have to lead me to make choices to do certain things. And if if it don't lead me to do it, I'm going to call who I choose to call. I'll reach out, but I'm not reaching over. Hello. Because I get a clue. I'm not pushy. And I'm definitely not arrogant. And when people show me they don't want to be bothered with me, I don't bother them. That's being respectful. I'm just saying, hello. That's reaching out but not reaching over. But in this mystery of the calling, there was a profound awareness. In your calling, on this Netflix series, these people was in this plane. And you're going to go ahead and watch all of them. And one thing you're going to take away is a decision of choice was created. They didn't make a lot of choices that they made. They, they, they had to make decisions, but the choices were created. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. So many times in life, people think it's all about them. But when you got a calling on your life, God will allow choices to be created. But it's up to you to make the decision concerning the choices. And then this is the profound thing. When you're unaware that life change with the chain of events for years, you don't let your feelings overrule you in nothing. Because life changes. And for every change in life, 
there's going to be a chain of events in the lives of many people, even those we love. There's always a chain of events. But you can't always participate in every change. You got a choice. And you can make decisions. See, in this mystery of manifesting, this phenomenal influence in those people's lives on that Netflix series, their behaviors, listen, you got to get this, their behavior and those connected with them, it always altered. You will all, that's why I said you will always have somebody who's not going to embrace your decisions because of your calling. And so Mick, Mick and her, her, her brother Ben, it centers around those two as the main character. And as God instructed me to go back and revisit and rewind and watch this, I was really intrigued to find out who was the creator. And so the creator of this Netflix series manifest is Jeff Rake. And in 2017, he created Manifest. And it was initially canceled. Listen, that's why you got to understand the calling. The calling will make you keep pushing even though you're faced with cancellations. You're faced with with obstacles. This guy could have given up because it was canceled. But it was picked up by Netflix. You don't hear me now. And because the third show, and it was picked up by Netflix and it became the third show to reach 100 days on the top 10 charts. The Calling. Even LA Times called this young man the ex-lawyer club member. And that's because he was once a lawyer. Before he switched careers and he decided to start writing screenplays and movies. Sometimes there's a part of you as a person, your thoughts. Even when you understand the calling, let me tell you something about the calling, what a lot of people don't understand. Sometimes it be so powerful. It will really make you get the thinking because you get in this supernatural zone of things that are beyond. They're futuristic. They're beyond a lot of the natural mindsets and thought process of many people surrounding you. And sometimes a part of you as a person, you would even think that you don't even want to be here at all. Because you begin, when you begin to see and know things in your head before it happens, and you got to wrestle with those who elect not to listen, it's a reason. That's why I be saying, listen, those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. Because this is bigger than me, and I've always recognized the calling to be bigger than me. I couldn't explain it, but I knew it was bigger than me. That's why I don't have the big head. That's why I don't boast and brag in me. I glorify God. Because it's not me or myself. So when I'm thinking, and God would tell me it's about telling them, you got to tell them what to do concerning their lives. This is what the calling would do. When you watch Netflix manifest, everybody had to give somebody instructions. And it come with resistance. People won't like you. 
And they'll get upset with you. And they'll get mad with you. And sometimes it amazes me. Why is it be the people that, that say they love you? In a text, in a talk. And I've been perplexed for years since my grandma passed. Because I'd be like, that's not love. Love is not indicative to how you feel in the moment. That's not love. Because if that's the case, none of us would be in love. I'm just saying, never. <laughs> my God. But in your calling, listen to me. Those who elect not to listen, even in that series, you will find out that they go through more challenges where favor does not follow them. Listen, everybody's going to go through tests, trials, and tribulations. The only difference is the people who respect the calling, the favor will end up following them. And God would turn it around for their good. But when you think about telling people what to do concerning their lives or their jobs even, when you see danger, danger, and that's not a stranger, you see it and you say things to them. And because they don't become proactive in what you've suggested, you get to the place where you put your pen and you leave it alone. And then when something occurs and they didn't listen to you, then they still blame you because you don't want to participate in the negligence of the things they didn't take care of that they need to take care of. I'm just saying hello. It's just like a person who don't have fire insurance. And you may have told them and say, listen, if you're going to keep house, anything can happen. You always need fire insurance. And I know this young girl Somebody said something, and she had a fire, a kitchen fire, and they said, oh, well, I hope she got insurance. I said, well, me knowing her, and I know her, I said, I'm pretty sure she definitely going to have her some fire insurance. Because, see, you can look at people's lives, and you can tell all the foolishness people may say, but you can see people that got a calling on their life because they will always take care of the business first. They may play all the rest of the day, but things that really, really matter, they know how to stay stable. They know what to invest their money in, and it's not to impress people. I'm just saying, watch the manifest. You'll see. The ego was never controlled. They'll buy a car like me and keep the same car because they're not trying to impress people with no car note if they can't afford it. I'm just saying, hello. When you have a calling upon your life, you, you'll get to the place to understand you're not determined by the ego. You are determined by the facts. So when I talk about the calling and I share anything with people, listen to me, I'm finna give you these five reasons. You got to understand if you don't understand that all danger, danger is not from a stranger. I'm just saying the calling in many instances cannot be explained when people like myself and then there's the calling and there's the chosen. When you watch Manifest, you're going to see the difference. The little boy, Kyle, he had a calling, but he was also chosen. See, many are called and few are chosen. Some people in that series are chosen and many were called. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And when you walk into the twofold, you walk in the calling and the chosen, 
then God is going to require more for you. Kyle had to have more things required for him to do than the other people with the calling. This is why I got, you can stop explaining yourself to people. They want to know how your brain works. Somebody literally asked me that one time. How do you think the way you think? What make your brain? Listen, it's bigger than us. It's a calling. And when you got a double dose of a chosen one with the calling, you can never define your life by what other people feel, what other people think, or what other people say. Hello. Listen. Did you grab that? What other people feel, what other people think, and what other people say. When you have a calling, because the calling, again, in many instances, it cannot be explained until after the manifestation. You don't even understand sometimes why God instructed you to do what you did. You don't even realize it, just like something recently happened to me, until after the manifestation. Then it makes sense. But sometimes before the calling, in the midst of the calling, you don't even understand. You just be guided by a power that's bigger than yours. And so the confusing component is this. Those who want a hope will love you unconditionally. See, and that's the thing about manifest. There were times that Mick and Ben didn't understand each other. They didn't understand Kyle. And Olivia really didn't understand them. And the wife didn't either. So, you know, when you really watch manifest, you're going to see exactly what I'm saying to be factual. And this is really what's going on in your life if you feel that you've been misunderstood all your life. There's a calling on your life. And those who want or you or you hope to love you, unconditionally, sometimes they can't even embrace you. I don't take it personal. And when you know and understand your calling, you won't either. Therefore, we might need to break away sometime. Sometime in our lives, just like when you watch Manifest, sometimes they had to break away. They had to break away and reconnect at another time. And they had to formulate new connections with those who understood the calling or at least they respected the calling even if they didn't understand they grew to a place to respect it like Vance Vance at first in the episode he was trying to figure out ways to to take them down to apprehend them but he eventually came to a place he didn't have the calling But he respected the calling that was on everybody's life. And he began to help them. And that's what ends up giving people bigger blessings. I'm telling you. When you begin to respect the calling that's on somebody's life. And instead of coming against them, if you you stay with them, let me tell you something. Even if you don't have a calling, I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. And it is written, God will begin to bless you because you've been a blessing to the person that has a calling on their lives. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And when Vance began to assist them, listen, even at the death door, God spared Vance. And the wife and all of them knew he was still alive. And that's when he really came back and decided, let me respect the calling. I don't understand it, but I'm going to respect them. Because they, he'd been in their presence long enough to know this is something, this is not natural. This is not 
inhuman. This is not from their humanness. These events are bigger than them. The stuff that they talking about that's coming and occurring is bigger than them. And that's the thing about respecting people with a calling. It's bigger than us. You know, that's one thing I could say about my first husband. That's one of the things he always shared with me. He said, Frida, I I know. He knew it. And I got a cousin. She knew it. And she used to tell me, when you find out what it is. But see, nobody explained to me until Manifest came out. It's a calling. And for years, I was, I was officially connected with God. And I knew about the anointing of God. But nobody explained the calling. And they would quote that scripture, many are called and few are chosen. But until I watched manifest and I saw the powers from the callings. And I'm going to give you these five reasons to know that you walk in a calling. Number one, the powers from the calling, you will know that it's always provided to help save some people. It's always provided. A calling is help to save people. Will everybody listen to you trying to help save them? No, they will not. When I come on my podcast, some of the things I say, I know it, it upsets the apple cart. It offends people. But you know what? I have I have privately said many of the stuff I've said openly. And it don't move people. Sometimes, as the Bible says, some people you have to rebuke openly. Because then they, they, hear, they heard or they hear. And it is to save them. So they can repent and change their ways. Now, it don't always work like that. Some people don't repent. They don't know how to forgive people their debts. They feel everybody owes them. And if you don't forgive people their debts that you think that owe you, God don't forgive you of your debts. And you can tell when people really forgive you. So that's number one. The calling is provided to help some people. And remember, although there are some who will misuse and abuse the powers that be, but the calling will still be there because the calling is given from God. Oh, I hope somebody truly grabbed that. The calling is given from God. You cannot buy it off a shelf. You cannot order it on Amazon. You cannot connect with somebody and it rub off on you. It doesn't work like that. Hello. The calling is given from God. And if you are offended about a person calling, that means you are offended of the things that God has given for somebody on this earth to guide you and save you. Hello. You don't have to embrace people with the calling. But I'm going to repeat, for all those in manifest who did, favor followed them. Number two, the calling will come. And it will force you to make tough decisions. There will be callings sometime that come to me and I have to make tough decisions. But when you have that calling, you must make them in the name of love, even for the sake of love. You may not understand it. The people may not understand it. But you will have to make tough decisions at times when the calling rests upon your life. And it's not personal. Is spiritual. It's bigger than people's. Number three, the calling. 
The calling will guide you that no matter what you do, trying to formulate a relationship, you need to really get this part. If you got a boyfriend, if you got a husband, if you got a partner, if you got a mate, if you have a significant other, however you want to refer to that person in your relationship with the intimacy, the calling will restrict you from ever figuring out you will not be happy with that person. I'm just saying, hello, I've been married to two husbands and it did not work and I couldn't figure it out and they probably couldn't figure it out. And I finally came to the realization they we were unequally yoked. But I still didn't have the insight because manifest had not manifest <laughs> that this was a calling. And they could not, like I said, my first husband, he, 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 he recognized the calling and he respected the calling because he used to do things like I never forget one time he told me real quick. He got a ticket. He got a speeding ticket in, in, in a place, you know, called America's Georgia. And, and he didn't even want me to know he went there for whatever reason. But when he got that ticket, he didn't mind sharing with me. And so he came home and he said he had to go to court. He said, but Alfreda, I need you to go to court with me because I feel like if you go to court with me, the judge going to throw this ticket out. This is because he said it's just something about this power that you have. Now, I can't just completely say that the second husband did because he used to tie it to me. And he said every time he tied it to me, God would always turn around and bless him back double. But this is the thing. You don't exercise the calling to receive compliments, gifts, or acclamation because you understand you are guided by God. That's why I don't feel nobody owe me nothing but what God say you owe, and that's love. When I release, it's over. If you promised to give it back, you didn't, it's still over because the favor of God never stops resting upon the lives of the people with a calling. You will always, God will always bring you out. God will always bring you through when you allow the callings to dictate your life. So if you're looking for why your relationship is not working and you know that the calling rests upon your life after this podcast, when you realize you have identified your calling, guess what? It's not going to work. You can only get connected with people. And you'll see if you watch Manifest, no matter how much Gerald, Jared, he really wanted Mick. He really wanted that relationship with her. But something inside of her, even when you watch how the episodes unfold all the way to the end, you'll realize it was never meant to be because he in initially, he didn't even respect the calling. He grew to respect it. But this is one indicator. When people don't respect your calling, you know they're not meant for you. Hello? And, 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 and even more so, when you know you have a calling, is it, it will be a benefit for you to want somebody that has a calling on their lives. You both should connect with your calling. So that's number three. And in those relationships, it's not indicative to just your mate. Let me throw that back in there. Because when you when you can be unequally yoked with family, you can be unequally yoked with friends. 
You can be unequally yoked with co-workers. You can be unequally yoked with classmates. This, this guy who wrote Manifest, it's amazing. His classmates that he connected with, two of them also write movies. But they, uh, uh, his original career, he was a lawyer. But something about the calling will connect you with people that have an interest of understanding. This power is bigger than us. It's beyond us. And it will connect you with people who make decisions that's not based upon their feelings. I'm telling you. And you're going to need a husband or a wife or a partner that's the same way. And if you don't meet somebody like that, hello, you're going to have more turbulence in your relationship than you you, you have to endure. You're just going to have to wait and wait for the calling to lead the right person. And when Mick waited, she tried her and Jared, but it just didn't work. But watch it all the way to the end and see how the calling makes that divine connection. Number four, the calling will force you to own your truth. You will never walk in a shame. Listen, I know the biggest thing that people sometimes try to tag me is because of my mouth. I talk too much. I talk too long. And that's my truth. So why would I fall out with people? Listen, I wasn't the perfect wife. I wasn't the perfect mother. And I and, and this is what amazed me about people that they always perplex me. When they mess up, and they parental rights. When they mess up in their relationship rights, you know, if you call them out, you know what they say, right? Well, ain't nobody perfect. Oh, well, well, I guess I'm supposed to be perfect then. You looking for me to do all this right. So it's okay for me to, for me to, for you to be imperfect, but it's not okay for me to be imperfect. Make it match and make it make sense. Do you ever see this is what the calling will make you sit down and say, how can you critique somebody about their position when your position is not even better? Hello, make it match and make it make sense. I didn't live as a fundicator all my life. I got married. Yes, I didn't marry the right connection. But then for me, if I say that, oh, well, Alfreda, she should have known better or she should have seen. Why is it that when people got a calling on their life, people expect them to walk in this perfection, to do everything right, to, to not say the wrong things. But look, I walk in my real raw truth. And the real raw truth is that I've always been big on telling the truth. And that the truth will make you free. I'm just saying. It really will. And so I own my truths. No, I wasn't the perfect wife. I wasn't the perfect mother. But I can definitely tell you this. In my position as a wife, a mother, an employee of any company, I promise you, I always made decisions to do the things that I felt would save people. We back to the calling to save them from danger, danger, to save them from themselves. No matter what people may have came and walked away with the perception that they have, but it was always to help make their lives better, to help guide them to be better. 
Now, if they didn't be better or get better, it's not because I poured negativity, negativity in them in a way to say what you can't do. I've always given my children free liberty. You have a free choice. When you get 18 or you get out of my house, you got a free choice to make your own choices. But until you get out of my house, I'm going to do the, the required part as a parent. I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to guide you in the right direction. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to close you. And I'm going to tell you the right thing to do. I'm not going to sit there and tell you the wrong thing. Because I got some people I know personally. One lady told me she sat down and taught her son how to hustle drugs. I'm just saying. I know another lady who said she taught her daughter how to hustle her body. But I'm just saying. My calling never guided me to give guidance that I feel will hinder them in life. Wherein what you reap, you sow. So I never taught my children to sow bad seeds. I taught them to be respectful. And in my teaching method, yes, it may have been a little unorthodox. It may have been a little strict. But it wasn't always strict. Because I ain't never put them in no closet and burn them with no cigarettes or nothing. I ain't never starve them and tell them, like I've heard some parents, well, if you don't do this, you're going to go to bed with that dinner. Who does that? Feed your children. I'm just saying. But this is the thing. You sit back and you tell the truth. And you tell the truth about yourself as well as others. The calling will force you to do that. The calling will force you to own your truth. And when you find people who cannot own their truth, trust me, the calling does not reside in their lives. That's a delusion from the devil. I'm just saying, hello. So this is the thing. That's number four. The calling will force you to own your truth as well as the truth concerning others. That's what happened with Jesus. That's why people didn't like Jesus because he openly rebuked people and telling the truth. And those were the ones who did not like him. I'm just saying. But if you are a Christian and you understand that concept, then you won't fall out with people. I'm just saying, hello. Number five, and the last one. You know that the calling rests upon your life, and you will find this in the final episode of Manifest. When you see what how important it is to forgive those who hurt you, and not only that, to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and learn to forgive those who hurt you. To embrace this last word that I want to share with you. Don't waste your life. Don't waste the things you've learned in life. Don't waste the power of the calling. Because it's a miracle of life from God. And as long as you're still living. And you're on this planet. Trust me, pains are going to come. Pains that we can never undo. But I'd rather embrace not to waste the power of my calling and the miracle of my life. Because there's nothing before now that I can undo. So therefore, the calling takes 
first seat in my life. The calling super rules my life. Because because of God who grants the calling, I even have a life. And may the blessings from heaven, listen to me, flow into your lives. I suggest one of my first sermons that I ever did in, in, in when I was invited to bring forth the message before people was back in the in the in the 90s. And I taught on 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the gifts of the spirit. I, I want to suggest that to you to look at those gifts. And this is what I did in the sermon. I had my children to pass out notepads and pencils. I was in my 40s. I was I in my 30s. No, I was in my 40s. Excuse me. To pass out as people came into the facility where the, the pastor had asked me to preach. It was in a community clubhouse. And I wanted people to make a note of tapping into your passion and correlating it with your gift. Because your gift is your calling. And this is why, even on Manifest, I believe the chosen ones, being me, Kyle, these individuals, because no matter what, they they looked at a situation, and one thing that's so pronounced about the calling, you cannot harbor hate in your heart. It will blind you. It will, it will distort your vision. Let me put it that way. It will distort your vision. But most people don't know which gift is a part of their calling. Every calling going to come with a gift. Mine is the gift of discernment, the gift of wisdom, the gift of, of teaching. You got to get into 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And at the beginning of that chapter, what it says is don't be ignorant like the Gentiles. So many people walk in an ignorancy concerning the gifts and the calling. But if you know that you are calling, you know that you are chosen, listen to me. This message and that Netflix series, sit there, pray for God to give you revelatory interpretation. I had to go back and watch it. And I'm, I'm never big on going back and watch something I've already seen because it to me it's like... There's no excitement. But this time I went in there with a different perspective. I'm in there now to get other revelatory interpretations that I could have, should have, might have missed. Because I was watching it just to be watching it the first go round. Now I'm watching it because the calling led me to go back and watch it. Because there's something in there that I need for this season. And sometimes the calling will minister to you in the least thing you expecting. That's why I say when you live under the calling, you can't live under the dictatorship of what people expect from you. Hello. You cannot be a people pleaser more than you are a God pleaser, if that makes sense. Walk in your calling and understand that the that the prognostic, there are people that's just really prognostic. And they will always meet you with the opposition. And they become the 
agonistum. Did I pronounce that right? They, you know how they agitate you. They become like a, a, a um, antagonizing. That's the word. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Cause listen, listen. I'm telling y'all, I rely on the Holy Spirit, the calling of God for a lot of things. So when you find protagonistic people, they antagonize and they believe that because they stand in a place that they want you to make them holy. Oh, God help me today. But see, when you got a calling on your life, you're going to stand in your holy place. And even sometime when you're standing in that holy place, the scripture will guide you. Do not be entangled with the yokes of bondage. And you can tell when people try to bound you because they always trying to blame you. Hello. And the more you hear people blame you, the more bondage you know that they are in. And when you in their presence, because somebody tried to tell me about sitting at a table. Girl, I'm not sitting at no table with all them spirits of bondage. It's too much bondage. I'm not sitting among a people with a lot of bondage because th- that's what they do. They cast blame. That's the only reason why they ain't free. Let me tell you something. It, this may sound simple, but it is definitely profound for people with the calling. That's why I say people won't understand you. Who God sets free is free indeed. You don't need no apology. You don't need to talk it out or walk it out. If you really set free, hello. You won't be bound no more. And the calling, I, let's go back to my second second grade, seven-year-old. The calling would not allow you to be in bondage. People, Some people literally call me free love, freedom, free, because that's the way I choose not to. Back to beginning, it's a choice and a decision to be free. If you're stuck in bondage, even with or without a calling, you don't have to be. It's a choice and a decision. Amen. Amen. And again, as always, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires as you delight yourselves in God. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, I'm excited about this episode. May it download and resonate in your heart and minister to that calling in your life and you go out and be the best you can be in your calling and know that no matter what happened, God got your back all the way from the beginning of breath to the end of your last breath. God got your back and I would rather for God to have my back. Hello. Then the backstabbers that get in their feelings. I'm just saying, because you know when people get in their feelings, they show enough stab you in the back. They say all manner of evil about you behind your back. I'm just saying. But but two or three weeks before then, they tell you and text you they love you. Make it match and make it make sense. Resonate this message and allow it to transform you. Allow it to elevate your calling. And you be in good health even as your soul prosper. I humbly appreciate each and every one of you always. And until the next podcast upload, God blessings and bye for now.